Hello and welcome to East Norfolk's very own politics podcast. We are back with some amazing guests, but also some great topics. I'm your host, Emily Scott, and we're joined by the lovely Killian. Hello. hello. And the great Sam. Hello. Today, our first topic we're going to broach is the knighthood of Gavin Williamson. Have you got any opinions? Um, well, one strong opinion, completely undeserving. Uh, he's not, <laughs> not exactly the patriot to the country everyone wants. Yeah, selling information to Huawei. I mean, the fact that he messed up all of the, uh, the grades and then made everyone get them again, terrifying children for years <laughs> to come, and then gets a knighthood for it. Not really Can sure knighthoods be undone? Oh, it depends yeah, apparently. the severity yeah, of the crime you commit. I genuinely like don't know why he's getting the knighthood. Like I, I don't know if anybody really knows the reasoning, but I actually don't know what the reasoning is. I saw it and just got a little bit annoyed. I told my brother about it because he, he had his grades messed up by him. Brilliant. Okay, so okay. So he's getting the knighthood because of his government response to disrupted education as a result of the pandemic. His response was oh rubbish. Oh my god. <laughs> like, may as well give Boris one, even though he's, you know. Might as well give Boris for not having a party during Christmas time. I'd like when he to. Did exactly. I'd like to make it clear he was actually sacked by Boris Johnson as part of a cabinet reshuffle because of how he handled education. Well, the thing is, I don't blame Boris for second <laughs> because he's absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, when he makes Boris make the right decision. That was the second time he got sacked by a prime minister. Do you reckon they just added him because they needed to fill a quota of knights? <laughs> we'll just add Gavin William in there. Gavin Williamson, everyone just knows him. They should have just added Keir Starmer. <laughs> is there already? He's already sacked Keir Starmer, isn't he? I know. Well, he, give him a he, second. He, he, no, no, I mean, they should have added in Keir Starmer as uh, the head of education. <laughs> give the member of the opposition yeah. <laughs> the leader the of position the in your cabinet. <laughs> that, that would be pretty funny. That That'd make it more interesting, to be fair. It would. Can you imagine a grand coalition? <laughs> Never happening, but I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, <laughs> a grand coalition, and then Keir Starmer gets put head of the ed- education. I don't, I don't think he's very good at that. Educational things. He's a lawyer, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a, he was a barrister, former barrister. It was like a powered-up lawyer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he'd be very good at education. To uh, be maybe fair. But neither like, was Gavin like, Williamson. Like so uh, you can't be much worse than Gavin Williamson. I, I think on like a, on a different point from this, I think knighthoods are incredibly outdated anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think they're, <laughs> like, I think they're quite cool. Uh, I mean, if you deserve it, but. But what? Like, why are they cool? You're you're getting approved for a knighthood by the royal family and I, I personally don't agree with the royalty oh, anyway no. the I, I agree so. with the royalty only I on a purely historical basis the fact that they're, they're a figurehead and if you're a nationalist they're the only reason you stay in the country so <laughs> yeah <laughs> how many nationalists do we really want in this country um, a, a lot less than we've got now especially when my TikTok feed is just full of weird nationalist propaganda now because <laughs> okay, all I've done is say, like it's your fault that you're using TikTok in the first place yeah, it, also it's a for you page if you're getting nationalist stuff that is for you I always because I always <laughs> I watch it through fully yeah, because like, it's interesting page, I'm just yeah. saying um, yeah I don't think that Gavin Williamson should have got a knighthood but I don't think anyone should get a knighthood and I don't really think it's the Queen's place to say who deserves a knighthood she's not representative well whose place do you think it should be we, we shouldn't have them or should we all be well, yeah, we, in my opinion we shouldn't have them or even even if it's chosen by a democratically elected person, at least they're trying to represent the people. Uh, if it's going to be, uh, it's gonna, if it's going to be anyone, I think it should be Boris personally. What do you think? A democratically elected leader, Boris oh. Johnson, should pick who's knighted. Well, he should pick his own party. Oh yeah, that's a good I, point. I have, I have just been let know that Boris Johnson did actually nominate him. But for what? He got sacked <laughs> by him. I, I don't understand why the, this man's still in power. He doesn't even know who to give a knighthood to. They should give a knighthood. Did you just write Jeremy down the wrong Corbyn. name? 
Because I can't think of any reason why he deserves it. <laughs> I just, it does like bring into question what did Boris Johnson gain from giving Gavin Williamson a knighthood? There must be something in it. Well, for he's him probably got him back as an ally because he probably hated him. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably at one of the parties, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. You're probably, really oh, you were a great time there. <laughs> You got drunk so many times. You are you are the most drunk I've ever been in the, those okay. parties. Oi, you're a man if, if, if you, you do this while drunk, I'll give you a knighthood. <laughs> to be fair, the British people can drink quite well, so he does fit with a stereotype. That's yeah. why he deserves it. You can go to any pub and give a man their one. <laughs> I feel like we just promoted alcoholism. Oh, well. I think a lot of young people, especially us, hate Gavin Williamson. I mean, you That's guys you guys were in year 10 when this happened yeah. I was in year 11 my GCSEs got cancelled by Gavin Williamson and I do remember that but um, I just remember sitting at home and watching the announcement and going oh my god oh my god crying calling my mum being like <laughs> oh my god mum I can't do my GCSEs and all of this and we kind of you know went over it whatever but then A-level results day is before GCSE results day and when everything happened with A-level results day You've never seen so many sixteen-year-olds panic. Like we saw, we <laughs> saw that, like their algorithm stuff, and we were like, "Oh my god, guys, we're from a terrible area. We're going to get bad grades." Gavin Williamson's already decided, and I just remember everybody having a freak out about it. So the lack of respect I have for him is purely based on my friend's anxiety. See, I reckon that yeah. is just because of how he's treated everyone in the pandemic. If you're an old person and you're like a conservative, you know, you know, like Gavin Williamson education needs to be pretty good. Because they're not affected directly. Because you could yeah. completely screw someone's future by giving them well, awful I, grades. I think, like, well, I actually know somebody who was in the A-level class of 2020, and they were going to go on to be a dentist, but because of the grade things, they actually didn't get the grades, and they got rejected from their top choice, and they couldn't actually become a dentist because of Gavin Williamson's thing. But so many older people Thanks, are like, Gavin. I've lost, I've lost my job. Education doesn't matter. You still got grades. No, we okay, okay, and like everybody can relatively have problems that we can criticise the government whether or not that happened. That's, that's actually just a completely fair point. Come from the <laughs> no argument. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I, 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 yeah, you, but the, what you said earlier, what did Boris gain from giving him a knighthood? I'm so sceptical of their like, whole government. If anything like this happens, I'm like, right. What's the inside deal in this? It's a bit There's like, like when, when Jacob Rees-Mogg pulled back on evil. Oh, yeah. What did he uh, do? English, he, uh, removed English, English votes, votes for evil laws. laws. English votes for English Sorry, laws. English <laughs> votes for I evil laws. I mean, the laws. English are evil, <laughs> but we don't talk about it here. <laughs> <laughs> English votes for English laws. Uh, they pulled back on that. Why? To help, because then the Scots can vote on English laws, and they'll be like, "Well, we're ahead of you because we can vote on your laws, and you can't vote on ours." Yeah, but what does what does he gain from it? They they lose from it. They lose power, literally. So the Scottish gain it, and they won't leave the union, especially because they can't. Um. So how many of you have noticed that Nigel Farage has demands for a net zero referendum? So what are your opinions on this? Why does he want to roll back on? Net zero, and who the hell gave him a platform to speak again? I thought he was gone after the Brexit debacle. Yeah, exactly. Well, what platform do you speak on here? Well, probably like the Sun. No, no, Sorry? no. no. Of, of course it was Twitter. 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 Oh, I violently hate Twitter because everyone on there just has the worst opinions. <laughs> everyone and you can't that. change my mind. It's just the worst site to express your opinion. It's, it's worse than Reddit, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Reddit when you said, which, Reddit when you said my, um, mind. which platform, I was like, this is so going to be Twitter. Like, you, you can already tell, and you're like... But That's where all the right-wing politicians go. And the is. left as well. And they the all coerce and argue. It's yeah. funny reading them, though. Yeah. Because yeah. they've got no clue what they're on about. I, I just... Oh, God. I... Uh, after the Brexit referendum, why is anybody just letting him speak? Like, what if he re- mentions a referendum, right. block him Have out. Have you ever seen him it. on Cameo? Oh, yeah, yeah. I am the sussy imposter. 
I don't think anyone who willingly gets paid money to talk about Among Us can have a say in British politics. I'm going to say the the lack of self-respect like that man has now. Like, I don't understand how after he got after he got the Brexit referendum done. What's the point of him? Like, why, why, didn't, why didn't he just, like, sort of fade away from existence? He wants I mean, to further divide anymore. the British people. <laughs> yeah. Instead of dividing them with Brexit, he'll go for net zero because he knows that people will be for that and will be against it. I mean, I can't tell if he's really stupid or really intelligent. Do you no. know what I mean? Like, like, on the one hand, I want to say he's really stupid. I disagree with everything he says. But on the other hand, he's really intelligent. He's, like, a massive public figure and he's never even stuck with a party that long. I mean, there's a lot to say on him. He's only... He's only really famous because he's such a populist and he talks yeah. about Among Us and I've not heard... Every time <laughs> I mention him, everyone's like, oh, have you seen his cameos? They're really funny. I mean, uh, first I heard about Nigel Farage was like 2015. I was still in primary school when I heard about Nigel yeah. Farage. We all knew who he was and like, all, uh, to be fair... Not by a, choice. I was 11 and I knew he was a racist, but like, for the most part, we all knew who he was. What? I didn't know any other politicians. I didn't even know the prime minister. <laughs> Yep. When I, when I was younger, all I heard was my mum saying, Oh, Nigel Farage, that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grandma calls him Nigel Farage, like garage, because she refuses to say his name yeah. properly. She's like, he doesn't deserve the respect. Nigel. I, I don't remember my parents' opinions, but I remember I any of my teachers in my primary yeah. school would just go, just say something very horrible about Nigel Farage in front of a bunch of children, which I honestly don't blame them for. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd rather have Nigel Marvin. Who's Nigel Marvin? He, uh, he was in charge of some dinosaur documentaries, <laughs> which I think is way, way, way better than Nigel Farage. I, I mean, I remember being in year six, walking home with some of my friends, and uh, one of the girls I was walking home with, her dad was a massive UKIP supporter. And I remember telling her, her dad was racist. I was like 11, I'm like, your dad's a racist, because he likes so much. She's probably a racist. Oh, but, no, that's a shame. Yeah, but I was, I was going, yeah, your dad's a racist. I was like, 11-year-olds should not know this. Like, the thing is, right, supporting Brexit wasn't racist. Nigel, supporting Nigel Farage... You are probably a racist. No, he, yeah, he was a massive Nigel uh, Farage supporter. I was like, and yeah. UKIP isn't exactly the best party. I've read their policies. Don't weirdly vote enough, for them. though, I'm they, glad they, they don't exist. Weirdly enough, though, they want to legalise cannabis. <laughs> it's because they can get high and be even more racist without <laughs> it's repercussions. It's, right, you've really got to look though. If you're looking at your demographic, a lot, a lot of UKIP supporters were working class people. Like, yeah. who did not feel representative by any of the political parties. Not, not and a lately. lot of working class people want to legalise weed. Why would you not make that a main point? Obviously, you're going to keep people on side. I don't think a lot of working class people want to legalise weed. I think it's more young people. Want I, to not, I know a lot. Well, I think legalising weed is not a part of his rhetoric. Never think it is. Yeah. Usually he's a man the of the people. Out. He's a man of the people. Yeah. <laughs> what people? The <laughs> racist and the druggies. <laughs> like, I love voting for those. I, uh, I love those two people. It's always like Boris Johnson as well. <laughs> Does cocaine. Made Boris the letterbox Johnson. comment, still our Prime Minister. Boris Johnson is like the evil version of Zelensky. Because <laughs> Zelensky is a massive clown. Zelensky is not perfect. Yeah, no, but, but can I just say, Zelensky isn't perfect, but he's still brilliant. <laughs> and this is a perfect transition to our next topic. It is. Ukraine. We're talking about Ukraine and just updates generally on Ukraine. What do you guys know about it? <laughs> Recently, Putin's demands were that Ukraine would recognise Crimea as a part of Russia and give the full independence and the full territorial sovereignty of Donetsk and Luhansk, which... It's hilarious. It's not hilarious. It's actually <laughs> respectable. Serious. It's respectable that he's done that instead of taking over the entire country. I think it's bold to say respectable when he said, what's he done? He, the ceasefire. Maybe respectful is the wrong, two days the wrong word, but it's... 
at least it's not a full-scale occupation. He's demanding independence for countries that some could argue deserve it. That's yeah. not something we should get into so, here. In my opinion, though, those countries... Uh, not those countries, those areas, Crimea, Lenetsk and Duhansk, uh, they all um, are ethnically mostly Russian. And so I think that Putin claiming them is fair enough. But I think that Zelensky and Ukraine should get something in return. Like, guarantee to join NATO and the EU safely or something. But any joining of, NATO, of Ukraine into the EU, which it doesn't deserve, and joining NATO will further anger Russia. The whole point of them is stopping them from yeah. joining Western institutions. Yes, well, we can't give Even Russia... Finland over, yeah, and by the way, but the thing is that we can't just roll over and give Russia... Uh, Donetsk and Luhansk without anything in return. But it, demanding that I think the return is they stop bombing your country. I think that's that's the general. That the Ukrainians bombed, the Ukrainians not, bombed Donetsk and Luhansk for eight years, and the Russians decided to full scale invade the country. <laughs> that is not equal. And <laughs> what you could have done is use diplomacy, which I don't didn't think happen. I don't think Putin's big on diplomacy. He's not big generally. on diplomacy. He likes his war, but, but he's not you, good at it. What do you guys <laughs> think about the fact that the International Criminal Court? Um, are trying to try, like, try for war crimes. Well, didn't he leave? Yes. The, he left the court, though, didn't he? He left the uh, I war crime tribunal, I, I believe. He didn't show up. He didn't show up at all. I think, True. to be fair, do you need to investigate it? I feel like, I feel like no, the, the evidence three is of there, us could turn around and go, he's, he's committed war crimes. Like, there's not a lot to it. I mean, you can't really argue with footage and say, oh, this, this was an accident. We are definitely not indiscriminately bombing residential areas to lower morale. Well, yeah. I mean, even if, like... You don't even need to look at that. You literally could just look at the fact that they've completely ignored the ceasefire. That's enough on its own. Oh, that's awful. It's, they're doing a third one because the oh, first two Oh, guys, didn't work. come on. Not, it's not third time's the charm. It's learn a lesson. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The thing is, yeah. you leave civilians there, they will die. If you let, try and get them to escape under a ceasefire, they also will die. There is no winning in this situation. No. I don't... Oh, I feel so bad for, like, the Ukrainian people that went there thinking, great, there's a ceasefire, and then got completely screwed over when they got there. I mean, mm. I feel bad for all the Ukrainian people, but that's really tough. Yeah. All of a reason for Russia, I'm speaking to you directly. Can you just leave the country already? It's a bit, you're a bit shameful, especially if you haven't won yet. I mean, I'd be happy if you won within three days like you wanted to, <laughs> but you haven't, except your losses. Well, he's completely screwed either way. He's, he's, he's lost out either way, because if he leaves, he looks like a wimp, and all the oligarchs will get rid of him because they're like, this guy can't, Sucks, ho can't yeah. hold his own. Yeah. But if he stays there, he continues to ruin Russia's economy, which the oligarchs will also hate. So either way, everybody that can get rid of him now hates him. This so war he's kind has of screwed. Why so would he It started off as a loss, and it's going to end as a loss. He's like, pushing Sweden and Finland closer to NATO as well, yeah. which they have every right to join. Russia does not have a veto in what goes on in the international community. But why would he leave? Like, do you know what I mean? He's, he views the world in a very Russia-centric lens. If he knows he's screwed in his own government, why is he even going to bother leaving? There's no point. He can't leave now because there, no. there will be nothing. Because he, he, he's still not gaining much from getting the independence of Donetsk and Luhansk. Especially consider he probably wants to integrate them into Russia anyway. Yeah. I mean, nothing ever that good has ever happened to dictators, really. That's true. And you never win in war. No. I mean, what do you think will end up happening? Do you think he'll die? Like, do you think someone will kill him? Or do you think he'll kill himself? I think he'll or? stay in power. I don't think there's... In I many ways, the Russian people can overthrow him. But the Russian oh. oligarchs have the power, though. Yeah, you're not relying on the but Russian people. But have you heard many oligarchs complaining about the war? Yeah. Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. all getting sanctioned. Yeah, they're, they're all, all getting, getting sanctioned, sanctioned before. 
No, but like but this, is, this is crazy sanctions. This is if, like if they wanted him gone, he should have been gone by now. It's been way too many days. No, no, I don't. So you think you think he's going to turn? I think, I, I I think that yeah. the oligarchs going to turn on him. I, I think the only way he can get Especially out is if the people, because the people do actually like Putin. But a lot of um, the oligarchs' children are like big influencers and stuff on Instagram because obviously they've got loads of money. Um, but a lot of them have come out like no no war like and come out against it like I don't blame him <coughs> that's what I'm talking about I would love for the people to continue protesting because that's I think that's one of the biggest heroisms of the war is the Russian people and the threat of arrest and probably death are still protesting against the invasion yeah I think it's very it's very bold to say that the Russian people um, agree with him it's not their war, it's Putin's war. I know it's Putin's war, but I don't even think he's got that many people in his country. I'm sorry, I think he's got many people in his country scared of him. I think there's a difference. Most people either won't comment on the invasion or they'll back him because they are scared of the repercussions of going against him. Yeah, I mean, they can't exactly leave Russia now, can they? No, there's the only, I think the only way out is if you fly to another airport and then go to Europe or just stay in a different country. I'm not sure there's I mean, many ways out. They're hardly going to leave to Ukraine, are they? <laughs> no, no. Can't yeah. resettle people into the new it's, It just seems. I, I want to have a really positive outlook, and in second year, we're doing global at the minute, so we are talking about it a lot. There's no avoiding it. And I'd love to have a positive outlook on it, but I genuinely don't know how it's going to end. I have no idea what's going to happen, and it's just a lot of watching it going, oh my god, there is no clear solution here. Yeah, it it's, seems like, screwed. it's like Tiger King, it just keeps on revealing <laughs> new going. layers. And, um, and the, yeah. the threat of nukes is terrifying as well. So yeah, I, I've that. said this before. I personally but don't I think nukes. he'll use them yet unless it goes really bad for him. But the yeah. threat is always there. I mean, I stand by that we need need nukes, but I stand by that no country, no person, and nobody should have nukes ever. Yeah, I agree with that. But we have them. Yeah, this so is this is actually um, I do religious studies, so I do ethics. But um, when I've done that in class, like. What? <laughs> no, when I've done that in class, it's like you do it and you're like, right, we shouldn't have nuclear weapons, but we're kind of screwed now because everybody's got nuclear weapons. So there's no way yeah. out of it. And the way, that, uh, the way that I see it is if we sign lots of global peace treaties just to slowly fade out nukes, then, you know. Even if we got rid of the really nukes, hard? The, like, every, like, all the countries know how to make them. It's hard to get the world to completely agree on removing. The yeah. biggest strength they have, and so many rogue states, and like, it's not happening. It, I, like North yeah, Korea has so many happen. undeclared nukes now, and yeah. I don't think Kim Jong Un is going to be giving them up anytime Who soon. Who I don't trust with nukes: uh, Russia, China, uh, probably Israel. I feel like I trust Russia. Can't you trust Russia? Yeah, 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 you can't yeah, yeah. trust them. Yeah, I don't trust Putin. I trust the Russian people. I don't trust Putin. I honestly, I, I don't trust Iran and uh, and Iraq and rogue Well, Iraq states didn't like have that. them. They got invaded because they thought they had them, and they didn't have them. They didn't have them. Bush, and they there. don't have the money to have them now, for sure. Oh yeah. But Sam says keep nukes. Uh, I think nukes are. are, are uh. I think nukes are just an abomination to no, mankind, really. and they should never have been invented. I have always been really on the fence about Trident. I, I really don't. I never felt like it was a good thing to have nuclear weapons in this country because I don't really agree with them, but I did understand the need for them because obviously other countries have them. And this is the first time in my life I've been somewhat glad to have nuclear weapons, which I hate saying, but there is a bit of fear in it. 
I actually agree. This is the first time in my life when I haven't been anti-NATO. Like, m for most of my life, I've been quite anti-NATO. Yeah. And I don't really like NATO. And I've been strongly anti-Trident, which I still am. But right now, I do feel like I'm genuinely quite glad to have nukes. But yeah. that's only because Russia also has them. Like, if Russia didn't have nukes, then I would want our NATO. Then we I would want the UK to get rid of all nukes right now. I think that's a really interesting point because I think what I've learned from this specifically and just growing global changes is I'm a very ideological person and I have a lot of views I strongly believe in and all I've learned is in reality they don't work <laughs> like like yeah. I want to be a socialist I want to believe in all of these like lovely re like um, romantic ideas and um, seeing this stuff with Russia and not even agreeing with nuclear weapons but suddenly I'm on board with my country having them just out of pure fear like reality is so different to ideology yeah I'm also very ideological and I don't really like realist ideas but yeah the, like this has definitely made me learn that some things aren't realistic not because I still believe that we shouldn't have nukes but it's just in reality I can understand how impractical and unlikely it is yeah I think we've just Society's come so far and technology's come so far. I think my fear is it's, it's going to go better, like it's going to go bigger. I know that the biggest nuclear weapon any country has currently, if they bombed London, wouldn't get to us. It would just miss us, like on their out on their little range. You know what I mean, the little circle. Yeah. It would just miss us, and that's their biggest nuclear weapon. But you know they're going to get bigger. They're going to get more powerful because technology is growing and but I don't and I think that's terrifying as a thought the thing that I, I find terrifying is just warfare in general I feel like is moving more towards financial and cyber warfare yeah and more things like that are happening and I think there needs to be more laws that are more progressive like that yeah I think like we, we don't even realise the extent of globalisation yet for example deep fakes oh yeah um what stops a country from making a deep fake of a with a world leader doing something really dodgy. Well, yeah. yeah, and I mean, obviously propaganda right in Russia and China yeah. is completely plausible as well. Yeah, and obviously right now deepfakes can't really do that, but in the future they definitely yeah, could. Yeah, they definitely could. I've seen some good deepfakes that are like... Yeah, like, like funny ones, obviously, but is it funny? <laughs> like, like They're like, not going to be funny I'll, in the I've end. I've seen some half-decent deepfakes that are like made by just like one guy in his garage or his basement or whatever. But then imagine what an entire country could do. Yeah, it's it's just this particular like war. I mean, we did a debate club debate on should we send troops into uh, the Ukraine. This was before Russia actually invaded, and um, I was really like, no, no, we should because warfare is not troop based anymore. Yeah, it's not. You're just sending people to die because it's all it, it's I think bombs and why yeah. why would you send troops somewhere when I can just chuck a bomb that's going to kill all of them yeah most of it's automated as well with like drones yeah. and things like that so yeah I think just Russia and Ukraine has just shown how far we've moved like globally and how out of control everything is like how out of my control out of our government's control it, it feels horrible to watch from a distance because you know you can't do anything about it yeah But, yeah, I, I mean, the war could end up closing and well, coming to a close, and I hope it does. I personally hope that Donetsk and Luhansk and Crimea join Russia and are integrated into Russia, and Ukraine joins the EU and maybe NATO. 
I just feel so so bad for the Ukrainian people. <laughs> That's everything I always take away from it is just like I get so many t I get TikTok live streams of people in shelters in Ukraine in bomb shelters and it's just so sad. Like I just oh, I can't even imagine. One thing that I've seen as well is videos of like Ukrainians like standing up to Russian soldiers or whatever. Yeah. And if you look at the Russian soldiers, they don't want to be there. They just yeah. don't like. I saw a video of a Russian, of a Ukrainian woman screaming at, at a soldier, telling him to get off the home, and the, and the soldier was just like, "Please don't make this worse." Yeah. Did you see there was a older Rus a Ukrainian woman who put sunflower seeds in a Russian soldier's pocket so that when he died, um, sunflowers would grow. Sunflowers are the national flower of Ukraine. Yeah, that's quite clever. Yeah, that's quite nice. And I did see um, for the for the purposes of the podcast, I'm not going to quote it because it does have a swear in it. There were two, um, it was the warships, did you see there was a Ukrainian warship and a Russian warship? And the Russian warship basically says to the Ukrainian warship that you've got to hand yourself over. And the Ukrainian warship says, no, go F yourself. And then the Russian warship blows up the Ukrainian one. Which is yeah. kind of, oh, did they survive? Oh, they survived. That's a, that's a whole, that's a game changer. That's actually yeah. so much nicer. I didn't know they survived. That makes me a lot happier, actually. That's just, that's changed my perspective on it. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just it just is so tough, and people having to leave their animals behind as well. Oh, yeah, I feel so bad for them. No words. And we're doing a we're going to do a donation in college um, for Ukraine. Yeah, I, thought I should say that you know, Ian podcast. We're doing a donation for Ukraine. Uh, information in your email soon. <laughs> That'll be good. I'll I'll donate a yes, small amount of money. Not, not the yeah, this is this is the student association. This is not um, the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't make any money from yeah, this podcast. Yeah, we we make no money from this. Um, if we did, <laughs> it'd be going to me. <laughs> if we did, because I'm the person who edits and controls and does <laughs> all the podcasts. If we did, me and Killian are getting paid, and if not, we're giving it to Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, but if you're an Ian student, Ukraine. But uh, did you see that the government have advocated for the D? Is it the DEC? And have told people not to give donation. No, not to give. Um, oh, what's it called? Where you give like supplies? Oh, uh, I think it's just called supplies. Okay. No, I can't remember what it's called. It's where like you go collections. That's it. So like collections of like clothes, food. They don't want collections. They want donations of money, and. Um, the government have told people not to give collections because they're not useful um, and have put up officially the charity DEC which is something like emergency crisis fund or something. I, can't, I can't even remember what it stands for um, but they're giving direct aid to Ukraine that's like the official government one but I feel really like this is so pessimistic I feel really sceptical trusting a charity that's been bigged up by the government I disagree like, who with you run, that. who runs the charity that's connected to the government I I actually do disagree with you on that. I think that I can easily believe that that donations aren't very helpful. Or that no, um, no, no. I agree that um, the, the the what are they called? Gifts. No, I definitely agree with that. That's yeah. That's that not they my aren't point very so helpful. Much. My point is that the government, by advocating for this specific charity, I'd be concerned that, like you know, with like PPE contracts and stuff, but they gave it to their friends. How do I know this isn't a charity that one of their friends runs and isn't the best for the people of Ukraine? Yeah, that's a good point. And that actually scares me. I think I don't trust that government at all, even for t like really technically minor things. But this uh, this is such an important thing, and I 
it should just be a humanitarian thing, but I don't even trust the government to do this properly. I I would probably want to give to the Red Cross or to the Salvation Army yeah. more than that because I know that I they have good morals, I guess. I do like the Red Cross. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Salvation Army because I know that they have been homophobic in the past and they have homophobic links, but the Red Cross are, are, are a good charity. Yeah, I also appreciate the Red Qu- Cross, although sometimes they're against violence in video games, which I find a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, I mean... As an esports student. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to let them off for that one. But I, yeah, so I'd like, we are going to do the charity stuff we're going to do in college is going to be for the DEC, but I just, you know, make your mind up if you want to give to the DEC or the Red Cross in your own time. But I think I'll probably be giving to the Red Cross in my own time and looking around locally at whatever charity things they're doing for the Ukraine, because I know a lot of places in Great Armouth are doing things. Because it's genuinely upsetting. But I've, uh, I don't even know if we're coming to an end, but I wanted to add something like, what do, you, what do you think about a lot of people are saying that this is a whitewashed war and that people only care about this because it's in Europe and that people don't care about wars in the Middle East the thing is, is that uh, to, a, yeah. to an extent I do agree uh, that I guess it is partially race, race and stereotypes but it is also partially that it's a massive country so openly, shamelessly invading another country. Yeah. And it's f- I would consider Ukraine to be a first world country. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people have been comparing it like with Afghanistan and the Taliban, there was really no resistance. Yeah. Like really no, obviously Russia looked at that and went, great, there's no resistance, we can just do that. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I think people are saying like, why does nobody care about Afghanistan, but suddenly we care about Ukraine? Yeah, and uh, like talking about is it is it because they're more like you, and like a lot of a lot of media coverage has been like, oh, last week they were at their jobs, they were at school, like you, and it's that kind of comparison to like you that's getting them more money in fundraising and support. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I mean many would would consider. The Slavic people as a different kind, as a different race to more Western white people. If that makes any difference, yeah. I think it just. I don't disagree with the view that people care more because it's a European country. Because a lot of people see it as like a Westernized country and stuff. And I don't disagree with the view that people care more because of that. But I think when when that argument is made, it's like, it's like people care less. Like people should care less, and people should feel bad that they care that a war is happening because of where the war is if that makes sense mm. like by telling people they shouldn't care because or like they shouldn't care as much as they do because of where it is you're just taking away from the situation with social issues that's all for today we hope you enjoyed the podcast i'd like to remind you just before we end that all views expressed on this podcast are the debate is own and it does not represent east norfolk sixth form as an institution thank you for letting us keep you em the loop